The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hey, when I walk on by, you smell the air and you start to cry. <laughs> I got smelly feet. What's even worse is my smelly arm. Oh, it ain't April Fool. I know it smell bad, but I think I'm cool. I'm smellier than stinky tofu with durian and all moldy shoes. I smell kinda funny. I smell kinda funny. I smell kinda funny. Yes, you do. I smell bad. I smell kinda funny. I smell kinda funny. I smell kinda funny. I smell bad. When I walk in a club and people smell me, the dancers come and say, I got a patch beneath my arms and I ain't afraid to show it, show it, show it, show it. I'm smelly and I know it. I'm smelly and I know it. What hey, a brilliant start. <laughs> That's a wee cough because he's had the shits. Comes back and then just coughs in front of everyone. I the do heart of professionalism. I do apologise. That little bit of vape went down the wrong way and made me go eh, a little bit. So, yeah. But, hey, yo, we're back. <laughs> Finally. Hello. Finally. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, Morty there in the chat. Good start, site. Oh, yes. <laughs> the less Speaking said about like Morty, the better in my eyes. Well, we'll get to that in a bit, I expect. Speaking about being incredibly unprofessional, um, Dan Griffin will talk about this in the the chat, no doubt. Recording for Doctor Who pod yesterday. Um, I was like 10 minutes late to the recording because I couldn't get my headset to work. And uh, well, first of all, I couldn't get my headset to work. So that was irritating. But then it turned out I literally just not plugged it in. So I was sat with my headset on. And was and the mic wasn't picking up, and the sign wasn't working. I was running the tests on it, and nothing was working. But it wasn't ah. plugged into my laptop, right? <laughs> I would love for you to have been going mental and dance at the other side of the computer, and you had the wire in your hand. Why is this fucking? <laughs> well, I said to Dan, I go, as you can imagine, I, I you know, confronted my usual uh, patience and professionalism, of course. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Darren, why is this bloody headphones not working? <laughs> but what made what actually made me late was I sat down to watch the couple of episodes that we were reviewing and subtitles came up on the TV. And I can't watch telly if the subtitles come up. I know some people watch TV like like Scottish Daniel watch wrestling with the subtitles on and stuff like that. I can't do it because I can't watch what's going on because I keep reading the words. But I couldn't I figure out how to re- I'm also trying to watch things. Yeah, and I'm typing stuff and oh, it messes me up, mate. So <laughs> I spent a good 10 to 15 minutes um, <laughs> trying to get rid of the uh, the subtitles on my screen before I could actually watch what we needed to watch. And it turns out with BritBox for Doctor there's just a tiny little C in the corner and you click on it and it goes away. But yeah, it took me a long time to figure that out. You lack a Neanderthal, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you were genuinely like the old man that waved his fist at the clouds yeah yeah to be fair <laughs> yeah i mean uh, to be fair uh, you say that right i was quite close to shouting at clouds the other day because no i wanted them to come back because where i sit in the front room <laughs> hang on listen there's a reason to this where i sit in the front room where my chair is in the front room sometimes the light comes in through the the uh, 
like certain time of day, the light comes in through the window and it's crazy bright and it hits exactly I mean, where that's, I sit and blinds that's me. the aim of windows to let light. Well, yeah. yeah, but I'm trying to watch something on the telly and I'm being blinded and I'm getting my air off. So I thought, well, there was clouds there a moment ago. And I, when I sit down with me a bit of grub and my cup of tea and I'm ready to watch what I want to watch, I'm having my, you know, my hour chilled out or whatever. I hate if I have to get out for anything. So if the phone goes or the door goes, I get pissed off. And I was really cross at them clouds because I had to get up and shut the curtains halfway through eating my toast, mate. That pissed me right off. This must happen to you regularly, though, because the sun comes out every day. It does do that, yes. So there's three easy solutions. One, one, right, get yep. some blinds or curtains and close them whilst the sun's out. Two, move your television. Or three, move your chair. See, right, okay. I'm not going to move my TV because, as we spoke about before, the house is quite small and it's and it's the our front room is quite an odd shape as well. So, where it sits at the moment is fine. And the, and the missus has just hung it on the wall with a bracket and you're decorated and the wallpaper and all that. And it looks the business. Two, I'm not going to move my chair because where the TV is hung is the perfect spot for where the, t- where the telly is. With regards to the curtains thing, that's why I got crossed with the clouds because when I sat down, there was no sun and then the clouds moved. <laughs> So you so. have to, I have to get up and <laughs> walk three steps to to just pull these curtains a little bit. How dare you, clouds! Mm-hmm. That is pretty much how that afternoon went. Yeah, <laughs> just a little insight into my life. There we go. But anyway, Maxie. Anyway, anyway. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. Good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live, an SJP World Media production. I am Sai, and with me, as always, is the hot rod to my odd bod. You know, getting a bit old, not as toned as I once used to be. The Cindy Lauper to my total pauper. God damn, January is a long, long month. Payday cannot come quick enough. A podcaster who makes every event a happening, as Gwena Monsoon may say. The Podfather himself, Lord Mags. How have you been, mate? Because it's been a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I, I ate it when you scarf because it, it, I, oh, I, you literally threw, threw in the towel with about half an hour to go before we was going live. What's happening? Me going? Oh, I'm, I've just been. I've been throwing up. It's coming out oh, of both God. ends. I had a funny head. I had, a, I had a bit of a funny turn, mate. That's what that was, you know. And I had to make a decision there and then because I don't want to turn around ten minutes before we go live and go, yeah, I'm not better than I was an hour ago. Got to make a call right there and then, have not we? You did, and we had to let the, the 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 CWF down, but that's fine. No, I I like to base <laughs> the start of my week around this show, so you threw okay. me, you threw me for a loop. So did you like just get your days wrong for the rest of the week then? No, luckily. I was... Uh, luckily, and, I own a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, luckily, but I have a clock that tells me the day. No, I had a podcast recording set for the day after, so I just moved on to someone new. 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. I will I get to try. that in a little in a little while. We will indeed. We will indeed. Shall we jump into the chat and see who has joined us early doors, Magsy? Yes, we shall. So first off was uh Connor. I uh, said good evening. All uh, just wanted to jump in and say that he's got an interview for a full time broadcasting and play by play position for a local university. That's absolutely brilliant stuff. Um, yeah, good luck with that, uh, Connor. And yeah, hopefully you'll smash it out of the park, lad. Um, Dan Griffin and Sharon on the congratulating Connor train, and then Sharon. Sharon is, is reliable. She turns up every Monday, and it's Monday night. You know what that means. She wrote that on YouTube last week as well. It just wasn't our video because we weren't live. <laughs> She's that you know, that on the money, that, that, that reliable. With, with, the, with the crying tear emoji. Because <laughs> we weren't there. Morty uh, says, good start, sir. How about, Morty, you keep your opinions to yourself? Uh, we'll get to that later on. Uh, Dan Griffin says, not the first time Sai's gone live gagging on something, Jesus Christ. And that's the style of his sex tape. And let's move on. <laughs> King's Pigs Badders in the chat. Hello, uh, ladies and gents. How are you? Um, Dan said he was as understanding as you'd expect. Now, it's either used to it, so he just he just puts up with it, or he went flying off the handle and, he and smashed the gaff up. No, he just laughed at me. <laughs> uh, Morty says, one day there's going to be a little self-help group full of SARS course. <laughs> there is a group on, on Twitter of that, and Sai is in it. He just doesn't ever comment. It depends which one it is. I left one this week, I think. You left a group? Yeah, there's loads that, There's loads of group chats on Twitter, and it, it's, it always seems like it's the same people. And I was like, well, why am I part of all of these groups? So why do you not just mute the groups i do and then but then what this one just wound you up enough that not only you muted it you then left it as well yeah pretty much (laughs) (laughs) scottish danny in the chat hello sir how are you and sharon that bloody son that sharon is commenting that because all she heard for about three hours after that son was you complaining about the son. <laughs> no, she wasn't here at the time. <laughs> oh, she heard it afterwards. Yeah, like, probably. <laughs> all the way through the night. <laughs> like, we shut up about that bloody son. No, Sha, you don't understand. It was just so <laughs> aggravating. <laughs> oh. Harry Housewife, uh, Fitch, how are you, sir? Good good to see you. He says, uh, nice to see two co-hosts getting on nicely. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Again, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll touch upon this later on. And that was Morty's uh, sign to, to leave um, because they're, they're uh, not uh, on the best of terms uh, recently. So, again... We'll uh, we'll have a little mini announcement about that later on. Um, Sharon's saying what we all think. You are such an old man, sir. Oh, um, that tight. King's Pig's Bladder saying tension. No, I don't. Not tension between us, surely. No Maybe tension between other podcasters. <laughs> I didn't even see this one. The Harry Housewife bar Felicia to I'm assuming to Morty. But me, having a domestic on another podcast that's 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 when it gets law. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Griffin, laugh from Sars Shitter. It's chain wrestling. All the farts are real, wet, 
and laugh. <laughs> and filmed before studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Benny Mac in the chat. Hello, sir. How are you? And then Dan Griffin, Morte and Fitch equals drama. So shall we touch on the Morte and Fitch thing now before we get into the show? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So as you know, I'm I'm not um, that active on Twitter anymore. And whenever I do go on, I usually have about 15 uh, DMs or groups to, to, to read in. I don't leave them ignorantly like Sarah. Um, I just don't read them. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is the same thing basically but yeah um i, I heard that um uh, morty and fitz two of our very good friends were having a bit of a debate about beans uh and this caused a massive falling out so um i think they ended up blocking each other on twitter and and uh, kind of uh just falling out with each other in general uh so i got um um, a message from Fitch uh, asking me if I could um, could help him out with the podcast. Uh, so we got talking, and essentially I'm taking uh, Morty's place. So instead of it being the Morty and Fitch podcast, it's now going to be the Magsian and Fitch uh, podcast. So, yeah, I've usurped that knobhead Morty and his disgusting attitude towards beans on, on his own podcast. It's not, it's not just a thing about beans though. Is it? Have you actually listened to the episode where they had a bit of a disagreement? I, I don't listen to any podcast. Then anymore. you've got no right to comment and so, take, take a pick. Have you really? If you don't, well, if I you have. haven't heard the episode. I heard, I heard the evidence about the beans and okay. that was enough to boil my blood. So yeah, I, I, I can. And I did take a side. Okay. Well, I, I I don't know Fitch well at all. I listen to their show each week. I've always I've always enjoyed it. I always find it really funny. Morty obviously records uh, Murder in Mind with me. I speak to Morty very regularly, and I think the breaking point wasn't just the beans thing. I think the breaking point was where Fitch referred to him as Jamie Oliver, who is somebody that I Morty mean, yeah, absolutely that despises. <laughs> yeah. I have a I did hear that, and that I'm not saying it's all hundred percent down to Morty. Just maybe ninety five of it for his for his attitude. Uh, but yeah, Fitch was in the wrong for that, and it did cause uh, tension. Um, but where where someone else's tension has meant that I've sneaking back into the podcasting realm again, sliding into somebody else's position. I mean, it's not the first time. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, sorry, right. Morty can carry on working with me on a Murder in Mind podcast, you know. No, we'll see. Higher caliber a show, my friend. Higher caliber Hello. a show. Benny Mack saying, uh, good to see me doing other pods. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate that. He says, and, and have they genuinely fallen out? Yeah. Um, for 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 context, I was actually meant to be a guest on their podcast a, a while ago, and I was in a little kind of like three-way group chat with them, and and uh, Morty left that group chat, so it was just essentially just me and Fitz. So yeah, um, I think it is. It's a, a friendship that's going to take a while to to build back up. But you can hear me on the magazine Fit Show on the first episode tomorrow. We've yes, already well, recorded the first tomorrow episode. as we are live. If you're listening yes, to the correct. audio version, Tuesday the twenty fourth of yeah, yeah, it would have been like well, literally yesterday, yeah, yeah. 
Dan Griffin saying this will finish off my podcasting career for good. I mean, it was close. Uh, me and uh, Fitch actually did uh, did have some uh, tension uh, on the show because he is a, a very racist man child. So mm. there is that. Wow. Um, Smackdown from Sar there from Benny Matt and um, Fitch saying, I don't mind mag sliding into me. Oh, Jesus. Ooh, bloody hell. That's an offer so, and a half, isn't it? Eh? So said the nun to the bishop. Uh, Mag's <laughs> sliding into a lack of podcast hermit crab. Hermit crab. <laughs> the, I mean, this one w- worked out perfectly because the, the the song doesn't take that much to change. Instead of it being the Morty and Feed Show, it's just the Magsy and Feed Show. I hope the new version isn't re-recorded. I hope the new version is just really badly edited, and he's even just, still got the still got the same M from saying Morty, and just goes Ags. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. But you know, uh, Fitch, he likes to mess around with that vocal uh, change, so I'm sure he won't. Um, love the fact that uh, the husband doesn't even keep me in the loop. It's not really any of my business. He, so he, really was, to... he was more worried about the curtains and the, the sun that's yeah, all, that that's occupied true. his mind for the week. Yeah, that, that, that did leave an impression on me. I'm not going to lie. Falling out uh, over Beans and Jamie Oliver, is it really worth it? I mean, I've, I've had arguments with people over less. Uh, and <laughs> Fitch <laughs> says, I'm not a racist. Morty made me dress like that. Dan I think Griffin, we, I, I know. For, I think we can all say for a fact that Morty did not expect you to dress up. Well, as a reindeer was the initial one, wasn't it? And it kind of was went a little it? bit wrong. And you just looked like you blacked up for a show. Unless, <laughs> unless we forget Brexit Bill as well when he rocked yes, up. Yes, this is true. Brexit. Yes. Um, and Dan Griffin says, "I just want Mags's voice dubbed over saying Magsy, just me, him <laughs> Fitch singing it, and then me going Magsy." Over yep. the top of my <laughs> wife. <laughs> uh, the thing is, they put a voice on when they when they do that. When they say my wife and then go my wife afterwards, that's them putting a voice on. You sound like that anyway, so you're going to fit in really well. He had me recording lots of different days of the week as well for a, a future uh, segment. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All will Interesting. be revealed tomorrow slash yesterday, depending yes. on when you're listening to this. Yeah, so go and check out the Magsian Fitch pod, I guess. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Wherever segments you and catch stuff, your though, podcasts. Yes. <laughs> speaking of segments, etc., etc., we haven't done this segment for a, two, for a couple of weeks. And I know you've been sat on an absolutely stunning one, Magsy, because you told me all it was the other day. And I'm really looking forward to this. Shall we chuck some crap into the old Hall of Lane? Yes, let's. And we've got uh, an announcement about the Hall of Lame after this as well. Oh, yes, we have. Yeah, I forgot about you that. You forgot. I did. The Hall of Aim indeed. Magsy, what you got for us? Well, as you alluded to, this one, if I do say so myself, is a fucking cracker. Um, a lot of props have to go to the original source for, for this one. And that's a, a YouTuber, uh, who goes by the name of wrestling bios. 
um, amazing channel, really kind of uh, covers a lot of stuff that, that we cover, does our, our deep dives into um, WCW and WWF uh, uh, reliving the war. Uh, but yeah, he, he, his videos, uh, if you ever want to go on a, a wrestling um, binge, you can't go a, a lot wrong than, than wrestling, but it's absolutely brilliant channel. But he recently did a video um, calling out Hulk Hogan for mm-hmm. his multiple lies, his multiple um, Billy bullshits. Um, and I, it was too good of an opportunity for a Hall of Lane to pass up. So I have essentially transcribed the video and it's it's just a doozy. So settle in, guys. Get yourself a drink, and let's uh, let's hear some of the crap that comes out of the mouth of one Terry Belaya. <laughs> so we'll start with um, a quick one, two, three punch. So Hogan claimed that at WrestleMania three, that Andre the Giant weighed over seven hundred pounds. And that when he slammed Andre, um, Hogan tore all of the muscles in his back. But he had no time to recover because he had to go straight to Japan to wrestle 29 straight nights. In reality, uh, Andre wasn't 700 pounds, wasn't even really that close to 700 pounds. Um, Hogan didn't. It ripped all the muscles in his back, and he didn't go back to Japan until 1993, uh, which is when he wrestled the Great Muta. So straight off the bat, we've got three Billy Bullshits from Mr. Hogan. Next, uh, in his first uh, autobiography, he said he didn't learn uh, that wrestling was scripted until he'd been training for a whole year. He claimed that Eddie Graham had told him it was a work and he felt betrayed because he'd spent the full year learning how to hurt people but avoiding getting hurt himself. He then changed his story in his second book when he claimed he realised wrestling was a work when he noticed Bob Orton uh, Bob Orton talking to uh, his opponent and guarding him through the match. So, lie number four. And that's in print as well. Both of those, you know, what he initially says and then what he contradicts himself with is in his own books. The majority of these are, are in print. Yeah. Um, so the next one, you'll love this one, sir. Uh, in an interview with the Sun newspaper, Hogan said he used to be a session musician. He played <laughs> bass. He claimed he was good friends with Lars Ulrich from Metallica. And that Lars had actually asked Hogan to play bass in the band in the early days, but unfortunately it hadn't worked out. When uh, he was asked about this, Lars said, Hogan was absolutely full of shit. (laughs) This is when Hogan backtracked and said he had heard that Metallica needed a bass player and he wrote letters and made phone calls to the band's management, but never got any response. And James, uh, is it James Hetfield? Mm-hmm. He confirmed uh, Lars's version, saying that Hogan was absolutely full of shit. Uh, he was never invited to join the band or even invited to audition. Now, this for me is probably one of the 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 worst ones that is is done. So, at SummerSlam 1992, Hogan claimed he met a Make a Wish child who had cancer. 
Uh, the chow was supposed to be ringside for the event, but Hogan didn't see him when he walked out for his match. Hogan went backstage afterwards uh, looking for the child and his uh, company nurse. Hogan was told by someone backstage that the child had actually passed away just before his match started. Um, and this whole incident was the inspiration between a, uh, for a track on Hogan's 1995 uh, album, which the track was called Holster in Heaven. And the profits of that song were meant to go to this child's family. The problem is that Hogan uh, had taken an extended break from the WWF after WrestleMania 8, and he didn't come back till 1993, and he was absolutely not a part of Wrestle uh, SummerSlam 1992. So no. none of that happened ever, which is uh, just, that's so bad. So, so bad. It's shocking, isn't it? Yeah. So next, <laughs> he's a keeper coming. Um, Hogan claimed in an interview he was invited to take part in the early events of the UFC uh, but he uh, was put off by the sheer violence of the product so UFC's co-founder Campbell McLaren um, he heard about this and he set the record straight he said Hogan was never being invited to take part and never had any discussions with the people <laughs> involved in the UFC you imagine uh, Hogan in the UFC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put a Kamara on. Oh, that doesn't work for me, brother. Um, UFC commentator and uh, small-town podcaster Joe Rogan perfectly encapsulated this bollocks when he tweeted at Campbell, if you really disputed a statement made by a flamboyant pro wrestler, you have already lost. <laughs> So, um, next we'll go to Survivor Series 1991, uh, and this is where Hogan lost the title to The Undertaker. That was the uh, week with Tuesday in Texas and stuff as well, wasn't it? Is it that right? was. That's the right timeline, isn't it? it? Yeah, okay. It was, correct. Uh, Hogan claimed that the, the final tombstone uh, screwed his neck up, and oh, he had to go yeah. straight to the hospital. Um, <laughs> this meant that Undertaker felt guilt-ridden because he was relatively new in the business in the first place, uh, and he'd also made a promise to take care of Hogan uh, after uh, Hogan had said his neck wasn't 100% before the match. So after the match, Hogan found uh, was found by Taker laying on Vince McMahon's office floor. The uh, paramedics surrounded him, and Hogan wanted to talk to his wife and kids Um making Undertaker feel that he'd ended Hogan's career and he was he was devastated at this uh, it was only after he wa uh, Taker watched the replay um, of the spot at, at this Tuesday in Texas um, that he realised that Hogan was full of shit about mm. this injury Taker confronted him about the spot and Hogan claimed he was injured because Taker had such a strong grip that Hogan wasn't able to move his neck he said he was injured because Undertaker was too safe. You actually watch the tombstone. There's like a foot between Hogan's <laughs> head and the floor. So what's he saying? Like his, his grip's too tight, so Hogan just extended? What is he? What is he a fucking Hogan orange? couldn't... Yeah, he just said he couldn't move his neck and the sh the, 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 the impact... Uh, not so much the hitting the the floor, but the 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 movement and the kind of like um, uh, momentum is what injures Hogan's neck. So what is he? Just a 
fucking slinky, just stretches. Exactly. <laughs> so this was actually the moment that Taker figured out what Hogan was like in the business. And uh, even though he was professional with him throughout his career, they've never been friends. So let's now go on to No Holds Barred, the famous uh, <laughs> movie slash wrestling slash ridiculousness. Um, so after he read the original script for Noah's Bard, Hogan said it was so brutal that he and Vince booked a hotel room and sat there for three days, 24 hours a day, and rewrote the whole script. They were struggling to re uh, rework the final fart scene, so Hogan went for a shit. Whilst taking this shit and being half delirious from three days with no sleep, Hogan claims he fell asleep and the whole fight scene played out in his dream. He jumped up with clinkers still dangling, oh, ran out oh. of the bathroom and told Vince to write the, the scene as fast as he could. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh, we, we, we're not through yet. So, 2011, Hogan said in an interview that he'd wrestled a lot of proud MMA fighters in the late 70s and didn't know if his matches would be works or shoots. This <laughs> this was a lie because the company Pride wasn't actually founded till 1997, two whole decades after Hogan had claimed he'd wrestled these guys. <laughs> oh, my God. So, in that same interview, Hogan claims he told Vince to change the date of WrestleMania 3 because the Rolling Stones were playing the Silver Dome the week before and Hogan was concerned about potential ticket sales. But the Stones have only ever played the Silver Dome in 1989 and 1991, whereas WrestleMania 3 was in 1987. Yeah. The nearest music act to play the Silver Dome to WrestleMania was U2, and that was a full month after WrestleMania. Goodness. So... After a period on the Arsenio Hall show, the infamous uh, interview yeah, yeah. Uh, during the steroid trials, Hogan denied being on the juice. <laughs> but, in, but in his second book, um, he added a little crease to this tale. He claimed he told the truth on the show, but he wasn't being honest. He said he wasn't on steroids at that very moment but he may have been using them a few weeks before, but not on that exact moment was he on steroids. He also claimed he stopped uh, using steroids altogether in 1992. Uh, but if you look at his body shape in his NWR run, it's quite clear that that was also a big fat fit. He's, he's much leaner in his WCW days, don't get me wrong, but he is still freaking massive, isn't he? Mm-hmm. This one is um, a mind bender, so you'll have okay. to follow. You have to follow uh, follow closely to this one. So, in Hogan's second book, he claims he wrestled four hundred days a year, not four hundred matches, four hundred actual days. Right. So he claims that during his Hulkamania period, he would wrestle in Japan as well as in in the Western markets. He claims he would fly back and forth to Japan twice a week, which means he would have... Re uh, he also claimed that he wrestled uh, Madison Square Garden one night, then flew all the way back to Japan to appear at the Tokyo Dome that same day, 
because you would gain 14 hours crossing over the time zones. Then you'd fly back to the West Coast, such as uh, LA, uh, wrestle, and then get back on a plane to Narita International Airport, wrestle again, and then fly to Boston and wrestle again. So essentially, you could be uh, wrestling in Japan one day, fly back across the time zones, land in another town the day before. So he was constantly adding days to his year. But Cage Match confirmed that not only did uh, Hogan never alternate between matches on a day-to-day basis in in the uh, between Japan and the West, but he also never wrestled MSG one night in the Tokyo Dome the next night. So yet again, a fucking liar. Unbelievable. I've, I'm fairly certain that Harley Race, maybe Flair as well, but Harley Race has actually done that, wrestled in Japan and then the States and then flown back. That thing that Hogan's talking about. But I think he did it like a handful of times, not on a hugely regular basis. Not over a full year to gain an extra 35 no. days. No. <laughs> so on MTV Cribs, Hogan uh, was showing off his uh, memorabilia collection and he grabbed a pair of wrestling boots. Uh, he claims that they're the most wrestling boots uh, in the uh, most famous wrestling boots in the world because they're the ones he wore at WrestleMania 3. Okay. Uh, and that they were his favorite pair because just a couple of days later, uh, his opponent, Andre the Giant, passed away. But Andre the Giant didn't pass away a couple of days after WrestleMania 3. It was a few years after. In fact, it was just before WrestleMania 9. So almost six years. Yeah, after Andre Hogan passed claimed. away. It was April 93, I think. January 1993. January, yeah, okay. So um, next we'll go to Hogan claiming that he pitched the idea of turning heel to Vince. Uh, Vince shot this down in flames saying that the fans would never buy it uh, but Hogan never forgot about this idea of being a heel and when WCW was uh, was kind of floundering um, he approached uh, Bischoff with the same idea saying it would be the biggest shock in all of wrestling uh, Hogan then said Eric went with the idea to Ted Turner who reluctantly agreed to the heel turn as long as there was uh, an out left in place or uh, if it didn't work they could quickly turn him back face. But Eric Bischoff remembers this story a little bit differently. Oh, yeah. Eric claims he went to Hogan's house with the idea of turning heel, uh, and within minutes of the conversation, he he realised Hogan was not buying it whatsoever. Uh, he wrote in his book, Hogan stroked his Fu Manchu for what seemed like 20 minutes before saying, well, brother, until you've walked a mile in my red and yellow boots, you'll never really understand. He then showed Eric the door and left to pick his kids up for school. <laughs> so down oh. to the last couple now. Uh, and this one is a little bit hard to prove because uh, some uh, some people in, 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 in the conversation uh, have unfortunately passed away. Uh, but Hogan stated that Owen Hart uh, often sided with him when uh, the Hulkster and Brett were having disagreements. Uh, this is contradicted by every report saying that Owen and, and Brett were as close as brothers could be, uh, and that there's only Hogan's account that actually contradicts this. And then Hogan added to this by saying when um, Brett joined Hogan in WCW, that Brett apologised to Hogan and said he was uh, he was in the wrong 
And the two actually became good friends after that. So says Mr. Hogan. <laughs> and sticking on the, the subject of Brett for the, for the last one, um, Hogan claims that Brett told him after the Goldberg kick uh, had seriously injured him that the only person Brett would wrestle was Hogan because he knew he would be safe in Hogan's hands. But the, the problem with that is that after the, the Goldberg match, Brett had nine more matches for WCW and he wrestled Hogan in exactly zero of those matches. <laughs> so, yeah, my very elongated entrant into the Hall of Lame this week is the fucking Billy Bullshitter that is Hulk Hogan. It is awful, isn't it? It is absolutely <laughs> terrible. Just, you know, that one by Andre, for example, and the date's not lining up. Uh, there's... I've, I've, Scottish Daniel probably say in the chat, I'm fairly certain it's one of his books. He tells a similar story, but he puts it down to that Andre had never lost and never been body slammed anywhere in the world, mm -hmm. which is absolutely nonsense. Hogan had slammed him himself several times. Harley yeah. Race had slammed Andre several times. Uh, Andre had been beaten in the past, obviously, but he took it as Andre passing him the torch because he knew that Andre was going to die in a couple of days' time. So Andre mm -hmm. passed the torch to Hogan for him to carry forward with the WWF. He didn't die until 1993. Yeah. It's, it's just, I, I don't understand. Cause all these are provable. They're provable yeah. by just minutes of research. So why would you think that you would get away with this bullshit? Is, is it just uh, some level of <clears throat> delusion? Does he believe what he's spouting? Or uh, he I, I may don't know, have massive CTE. Mm. It, or he, he's just surrounded by so many yes men that he believes whatever bullshit comes out of his mouth. Brutus Beefcake, just there, like, you know, <laughs> in, in, in between gobbling Hogan off, going, yeah, do you remember when you beat Andre? You know? Exactly. Exactly. So, so that's my entry for this week. Very, very worthy. Very worthy. So much crap has come out of that guy's mouth. And it's a real shame as well, because... <sighs> You know, regardless of how he's behaved in recent years and the, the whole racism thing and all these issues that have popped up with him, a load of us wouldn't be wrestling fans if it weren't for what Hogan did in the eighties. Mm -hmm. It's really it's Absolutely a shame, correct. Isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's a shame. Uh, my entrant is—I suppose you can link it with Hogan a little bit, to be fair, because it does affect Hogan in a way, but it's not actually his fault. Uh, mine. Well, first of all, the WWE Network. I think everyone who is a wrestling fan can agree that this is a fantastic device. It's it's brilliant for stuff like we do. It's brilliant if anyone wants to go check out old matches. And, you know, I look at all the podcasts I have that involve wrestling. None of them would be taking place if it wasn't for the WWE Network. Mm -hmm. It's as straightforward yeah. as that. I can yeah. go back and watch. Everyone knows I can go back and watch any old crap and people laugh at me about it because it's old 80s shit, whatever. But I I love it. However... There are certain moments on the WWE Network that are, I'll go as far as to say they've been ruined by certain actions of the WWE. And I'm going to point out effectively, we'll use the Hogan one as the main example, uh, the dubbing of Entrance Themes Magazine. Mm -hmm. So many great memories that now don't, you can't go back and view them on your television in the same way. And Hogan at WrestleMania 18 is one of them. We don't get the actual entrance music that was used. We get an overdub, and it's terrible. Uh, the, the Midnight Express, 
one of my favourite tag teams going. Their theme is overdubbed on virtually every single time you see them, especially on the old pay-per-views, Jim Cocker promotion pay-per-views and so on. Ruins it completely. Ruins the effect you get from the crowd as well, I feel. Mm-hmm. It is, you know... Because you're not getting a genuine crowd reaction, are you, Max? No, you're absolutely correct. You know, you do get the odd couple that are okay. I mean, Sid Vicious in late WCW, his dubbed theme is quite good, but at the same time, his dubbed theme is still not as good as the Scorpions music that he actually uses. And also, as as the I suppose the last well, Jericho, his theme in WCW, they they impose or dub the, his WWF theme they over do. his WCW entrances, and that's a shame. Uh, we have the Road Warriors used to come out to Iron Man in Jim Crockett Promotions and the NWA and um, Mid-Atlantic and all these other territories all been dubbed over. And we talk about the Road Warrior pop. People talk about this all the time. This is you know a well-known turn of phrase in wrestling. We don't get to hear it because no. it's different in the WWF. They still get a big pop in the Legion of Doom with their music there. But the Road Warrior pop in places like Charlotte at a Great American Bash or whatever, we don't get to feel the effect of that via the network anymore because of all the dubbing and not being able to hear Iron Man and so on. Uh, Raven's theme was overdubbed as well. But I suppose the biggest one for me that stands out right now is anytime we watch ECW and pretty much every entrance theme is dubbed. And even the WCW remakes, you know, the later days are dubbed and enter Sandman for the Sandman coming out. His the guy couldn't wrestle. His character his character was very primitive. His wrestling was even worse. He is about the entrance, the music, the beer, the cigarettes. And what made the Sandman great is gone because yeah. of the WWF dubbing these themes. I understand there's financial reasons and copyright reasons and all that sort of stuff for that. I completely understand. But my entrance into the Hall of Lane this week is the fact that the WWE I suppose not paying for the marketing, not, you know, however it wants to be worded, the WWE taking away a big part of certain memories I have as a wrestling fan with their dubbed engine themes on the network, mate. Yep. A very, very valid pick. And even the match that we'll be covering later on was the Hogan's theme was uh, dubbed into that. He wasn't even using uh, real American at that time. I think Barry Windham was, I think, that Hogan and Mr. T actually came out to Eye of the Tiger, was yep. it? That's yeah, right. And then uh, all it's all dubbed over with uh, with uh, real Americans. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It it takes you out of those memories. It's almost like you're uh, a self-imposed Mandela effect because mm. you're remembering what actually happened, and then WWE overdubbing uh, the music and the entrances and. It, it's making it makes me go mental it makes me absolutely crazy because it's not how you remember it so mm. yeah i yeah. agree with that i mean there's some stuff that uh, the wb um were are very right to to remove from the network there's some um incredibly um archaic and draconian thoughts and 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 wrestling has always been a, a place where um there's been some very sketchy mindsets uh, so I have no real issue with those being done, but mm-hmm. entrance musics, they're, they're a massive part of the wrestling character. So, yeah, I I, I agree with you. It, should, it shouldn't happen, but the WWE don't care a jot about what no. we think, unfortunately. No. 
There we go. It's a shame. It's a shame. But there you go. Those are your entrants in this week's Chain Wrestling Live Hall of Lame. Hulk Hogan being a big, fat, racist fibber. You sit on a throne of lies. And the WWE ruining that big, fat, racist fibber's entrance music, as well as many others on the WWE Network. Uh, if anyone can think of any further Hulk Hogan lies, true or not, who cares? Let's have some fun. Or if anyone can think of any more uh, dubbed themes that piss you off or you think are a shame that aren't around anymore on the network, let us know in the chat. Uh, before we get to our non-wrestling topic, Magsy, do you want to jump into the chat now or do you want to speak about what we're doing with regards to the Hall of Lame and changing it up a bit and so on now? Or? No, we'll, we'll, we'll just uh, we'll burn through these these chats and then yep. uh we'll we'll come back to it um so sharon says everyone should get comfy mags is going off on this one yeah um, <laughs> so for last week's uh lost episode uh, i actually i'd very rarely give away what i've got for my hall of lame but this one i was so proud of that i actually sent uh si a, a screenshot of the title i didn't want to send him <laughs> yeah. all the all the words but i sent him a screenshot of the title um scottish daddy saying uh, hogan in the hall of lame color me shocked uh scottish daddy says i have both books they're absolutely insane yeah just they're just full of shit he just talks out of his absolute mm. arsehole china's uh, apparently is another one as well china's book there's a lot of inaccuracies in there apparently I I I don't think I would take any wrestler's book as gospel truth. To be quite fair, mm. um, Hogan uh, Hulk Hogan is full of real American shit uh, from Benny Mac. Uh, Dan Griffin says, "Don't buy the sun." Fucking shit rag. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Scottish Danner, I love Hogan getting called out by Metallica. <laughs> it's not even just getting called out. It's just Lars Ulrich who he claimed invited him said you're full of shit because that just never happened and the timeline obviously we pointed this out with the wrestling stuff as well but i don't know i've not got it in front of me i'm gonna go just off the top of my head now but the timeline with regards to bass players in metallica they just cannot it just cannot work cliff burton was the bass player in metallica before he passed away he was a huge part of starting that band he's not going to want himself replaced interviewing for himself do you know what I mean? so when when <laughs> cliff you in the band doesn't work for me brother when he passed away and uh i'm the third man <laughs> and newstead took over hogan was already massively established in in the wrestling world we're talking main events of wrestlemanias and so on he's not going to go across and play bass for metallica is he it's just so stupid oh it's, it's a is an absolute clown. Um, Dan Griffin said, is Hogan the biggest bullshitter in an industry full of bullshitters? I think he sets the standard. He's mm. the bar setter for bullshitters. I think you got to throw Ric Flair's name in there as well. Yeah, I think a lot of his, though, are CTE lies right, as well, though, yeah. because that guy's brain is, is jelly. Yeah, it is. Totally. Uh, Benny Mac saying, worst lie that Hogan told was he claimed something like a Make-A-Wish kid uh, came to see him at SummerSlam when he wasn't even there. Yeah, we covered that one, Benny. Um, Cam Griffin, hello, sir. Uh, hello. Late to the party. Uh, glad to see you back. Shitty-ass Hogan is fucking hysterical. Can you imagine <laughs> Hogan falling asleep on the toilet and then having a fever dream of him farting uh, Zeus at No Holds Barred? Just and then running, ac running across the, the, the bathroom into wherever Vince was. Sat. I hope 
toilet roll was hanging from his arse cheeks. Just like a you tail. As well, like the, the protein poo, it would be as well. <laughs> just, it, sol- it, just a big <laughs> solid block, like a ball. <laughs> and before anyone mentions it, and I know who it will be, Dan Griffin, we are not having a shitty ass Hogan t-shirt. It's just not going to happen. I'm not going to make that image. <laughs> Hogan would sue for that, and then he'd want yeah, all he the would. profits. He would. Um, King's Pig's Bladder says Hogan's got him blocked. Uh, not sure why I'm <laughs> lovely. I mean, that, that's that's like a, a badge of honour on Twitter mm-hmm. to be blocked by Hogan. Uh, Cam Griffin uh, saying, hold up, is Hogan only just going to overload? No, he's, he's, I think he's been in multiple times already yeah. so far. <laughs> Benny, Matt, maybe Hogan is, is brain damaged from the time he was in the UFC. <laughs> brilliant, <laughs> Benny. So brilliant. The Hall of Lame could have a Hogan bullshit wing. Uh, Cam Griffin says, an Encarta-style version of Hogan shit. Yeah, I mean, it would come on a DVD, that, that bullshit. Dan Griffin says, don't know about CTE, but he is a massive C-U-N. <laughs> uh, King's Pig Bladder, happy about uh, you mentioning Barry Windham. Well, it, was, no, it wasn't not. just Barry Windham. It was actually a Hall of Lame inductee as well, Mike Rotundo. It was, they were called the American Express. They were attacked. And Hall of Lame uh, entrant Barry Windham, a.k.a. the Stalker. I've, I've just blocked that from my mind, mate. I'm not <laughs> having Barry. No, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Hulk Hogan is the only wrestler to eat peanut butter from a shoe. Uh, mm-hmm. We've covered his, uh, his meat shoes um, in, a, in a previous episode. I'll tell you what, and I bet Fitch hasn't even heard about that because he's not a big wrestling fan and, and so on. We'll have to dig out that episode and send him. Honestly, Fitch, it'll blow your mind. Especially the 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 step-by-step uh, recreation that someone did to make those shoes. It's just, honestly. Hulk it's just Hogan quality. meat shoes. <laughs> um, China's book is on the bookcase in our bedroom. So it there is. you go. Gathering uh, dust because I sure as fuck won't pick it up. <laughs> imagine, <laughs> I imagine Hogan's <laughs> dingleberries have food and too. <laughs> How about the turn emoji with a food and chew? There we go, sir. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, if you'll buy it, I'll make it. How's that? <laughs> and Fitch says he's down for some meaty shoes. Maybe on the next episode of the Magazine and Fitch show, we can discuss. Hogan's meat shoes. I imagine they do have uh, a slightly different, not just people from our circle listening to that show, people who are non-wrestling fans. And it's not a wrestling story. It just involves Hogan. And these Hulk Hogan meat shoes, it, I think it ticks a few boxes for the Morty or Magsy and Fitch show, actually. It's that kind of craziness, isn't it? Yeah, it's it it's ridiculous that this was even an idea from somebody. He must have had this idea at the same time he was taking his shit and thinking about the match uh, against Zeus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the chat all caught up on. Fantastic stuff. Now, with regards to the Hall of Lame, it's not going away. I but... mean, start the ball off straight away with upsetting the... the, um, no, the no, I'm not, Thank I, you I just said it's not, it's not going away, uh, unless people want it to go away. You know, it, <laughs> it's not going away. But we're going to try and uh, sort of just freshen it up a little bit, Mags. We've been doing the Hall of Lame now for... Bloody hell. It's got to be pushing a year, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. and there's still lots and lots of topics oh, yes. that will that absolutely deserve to go into the Hall of Lame. But 
uh, new year um, and kind of like um, we just wanted to freshen it up a, a little bit the, uh, the 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 segment. So we've decided to switch it to it being um, a fortnightly um, segment. So mm-hmm. yep. it'll be every every two weeks. Uh, but that doesn't mean you're getting less chain wrestling for your money because we're going to, uh, in the gaps, we're going to have uh, a new segment that we've we've dubbed Mags versus Sa, um, where we're going to quiz each other on our lack of wrestling knowledge. So <laughs> every every other week you will get a, a mini quiz and we'll, we'll hopefully f- uh, figure out ways of getting you guys uh, involved in, yep. in either the questions or, or, or things like that. But, um, yeah, we're, we're looking to... Starting from next week, we'll be adding to our our tension, our friendly rivalry by by having Mags versus Sa. Yeah, it's got to happen because I I got to try and win something, so I keep losing. <laughs> <the ball>. so, <laughs> Dan Griffin, I'm backing Mags every week. Brilliant. Yeah, can I just forget everything? <laughs> my my wrestling knowledge is I am disgusted on how much I forgot. It's yep. ridiculous. I have got wrestling Alzheimer's definitely. <laughs> wrestling Alzheimer's, but yeah, uh, but yeah Sam might of... know the answers, but it's whether he remembers that he knows the answers. <laughs> yeah, this is true. It's in there somewhere. I've just forgotten whereabouts I've left it. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of the like you said, Maxi. We're going to try and get uh, the CWF involved questions off them potentially, or however we decide to work it out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm quite excited. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's been a little while since we've had a new segment, hasn't it? So I'm quite excited yeah, about this. Yep. So am I. Yeah. Seems my stuff. idea. Oh, there we go. There we go. Shall we now get on to our non-wrestling topic? And this is another doozy. It is indeed. NWT time. Oh, no wrestling talk here. It's the non-wrestling topic. Lovely. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Oh, that belch <laughs> yes this well not this week's last week's non-wrestling topic well it started off as one idea but everyone in the cwf as they sometimes do just grabbed the ball and ran off of it in a different direction Maggie. it's I, almost I, like they don't stick to the rules i mean i don't know where well, they get that idea yeah, from I, I don't know who could influence them in that way eh? bloody hell um basically <laughs> we were looking wait till my pick later on wait till your pick oh god you dumb motherfucker! If I have to watch fucking 17 hours of Hornswoggle matches, I'm going to be pissed off. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's the, why you were sick in the first place. Yeah, it, it did. It turned my stomach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this week's non-wrestling topic is, I suppose, the only way to, to, to sort of talk about it is to say it's about smells, Magsy, isn't it? It's it is. guessing. Well, we thought it was going to be guessing what certain celebrities or even wrestlers or, you know, politicians, whoever, what they smell like, you know, just a bit of fun, trying to put a bit of a comedy twist on things. Um, I mentioned maybe some members of the CWF as well, and everyone kind of latched onto that and ran with it, didn't they? (laughs) Yeah, basically this became what hilarious smell can we uh, believe that the CWF smells like? And mainly me and you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I will run through on Twitter in the order they arrived into us. And if I miss anyone, I apologize. Magsy, give me a shout if I screw up. These screenshots are now two weeks old. I've not looked at them since then. So I can't remember 
you know, there's probably whole conversations here that I've got in the wrong order. So please bear with me. Um, <laughs> we start with our good friend Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin 21 on Twitter. He says, has to be done. Magsy smells like big dicks, but in the brackets, he's put coffee. There we go. <laughs> when he says he smells like big dicks, he plainly means not your own. Um, <laughs> you sp- oh, you boy, smell like- it may be small, but it does smell. <laughs> you smell like ever men's knobs. <laughs> you can't go around smelling strangers' cocks. You can't. You get a spot of bother with that. Uh, Dan Griffin's podcasting partner on unbooking the Tankatory and the UTT podcast and all that other great stuff. Rob at UTT Rob on Twitter. He says, I have a pretty poor sense of smell. So to me, not very much. Although can't miss the opportunity to say Boris Johnson probably smells of failure. Yeah. I can give a few things that Boris Johnson smells of. That guy's a yeah. fucking turd, isn't he? He is. And he's back in, in parliament now. So that's is he? Fun. Yeah. I, I must've missed that. I've got enough to worry about in my own life without looking at how this guy's going to screw everyone else's up as well. Aaron, he's <laughs> caused a lot of the problems in your life. Well, this is it. Uh, Pig Splatters, at Pig Splatters on Twitter. He's given us a few options here. At Millwall Chris, he has smells like <laughs> jelly deals. <laughs> he gives off a jelly deals vibe, doesn't he? He does, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> Imagine the mess when he's bouncing around on his castle that Morty and Fitch say that he uh, lives in. His big bouncy house. You have to get in on all that now, Max. You have to learn it, all these. It'd be more like a slip and slide. It will. It? it will. More Just eels jelly. sailing around. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever tried jelly deals? I have not. Yeah, the grim. No. The grim. My cousin, when I was a kid, threw a needle at me once when we were fishing. And I cried. You you cried. Yeah, I mean, I was very little. It wasn't like I went when I was twenty. And I it was, was like a huge fi- eel. It was like a, it was like a, a fucking python or something. Mate. It was huge. <laughs> it was like a python. <laughs> yeah, it was like a water python. And he just, he got, you know, they were my dad, my uncle, and uh, my cousin and I were fishing, and he grabbed it. I, I've never been a big fan of that sort of thing. Anyway, it's not, you know, not, not my cup of tea, especially when I was younger. But my dad wanted me to go along, and my cousin, who was obviously a bit more of a sort of rough and tumble proper boy as opposed to how i was maybe he got himself stuck in there grabbed an eel threw it at me and i cried and cried and cried all the way home did you eat the eel no i fucking well, no you didn't eat the eel you've already said that you'd never tried eel. Mm. Uh, uh pig spiders continues that apparently i smell like a nice strong cheddar cheese i'll take that because he put nice cheddar cheese yeah but i mean there's the easy joke there and he's missed the ball it should have been a double gloucester uh, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Morty apparently smells like licorice all sorts, according to Pig's Butters. I, I get that. I get yeah? That. Okay. Mm. I'm not a fan of licorice all sorts, mate. Oh, the shit. Yeah. If we get licorice all sorts for whatever reason, I don't know why we would get them because I don't like them, but if they're ever in the house, I've got to eat the nice bits off and then just throw the gammy licorice away. So the I, I don't mind the coconut wheel ones. Oh, yeah. You can snap the coconut bit off and then... The missus loves licorice sauce, so she gets the middle bit. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, even the ones that are like different layers, you know, they've got the white layer, then the brown layer, then the licorice. Mm. I'll, I'll scratch them off with my bottom teeth and then throw the licorice <laughs> so, so you just, you don't want the licorice, you just want the all sorts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they just sold all sorts, I'd be over the mean. What do you think of the jelly ones as 
or with like the, oh, the bobbly bits. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're crap. Uh, I, I like the idea of them, and then I eat one, and then afterwards and I'm like, I don't enjoy that. Why did I do it that? Tastes like aniseed. Yeah, but then again, I will do it again. I know I will do this again in my life, even though I'm sat here right now saying I don't like them. Mm. So, it's like you're a glutton for for aniseedy punishment. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Apparently, you smell of kale. No, that's meant to be uh, a diss. It's meant to be uh, offensive, but I am actually happy with that because I like kale. Okay, what is kale? I like lettuce, isn't it? No, it's 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 a green leaf. It's it's probably more like spinach. Okay, fair enough. Do you really want to smell like spinach? No, it doesn't smell like spinach. It look it's it's nice. Just. Okay, I'll move on. I'm, ha- I'm <laughs> happy with it. Just like you're happy with a strong cheddar cheese, I'm happy with kale. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. What a combination we would be walking into a club <laughs> together. <laughs> and apparently, Fitch, according to Pig Spiders, smells just simply of disappointment. No, I will not have any <laughs> dismerchment to my uh, my new tag team brother, Mr. Fitchy Poos. So oh. that one I don't agree with. Stop talking like that, mate. I'll start getting jealous now. <laughs> he's my uh, new sad chick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, ben, at Witticisms of Ben on Twitter. He says, Theresa May smells of special brew, linseed oil, and shame. <laughs> linseed oil. Jesus. Oh, special brew as well. Lovely. Uh, Harold Bishop. From, bloody hell, this is a reference. Harold Bishop from Neighbours would smell of pink wafer biscuits and Old Spice. I had a bottle of Old Spice for a very long time. <laughs> I was given it to when I was knee-high to a grasshopper. <laughs> I was I was given it to hide the smell of a flying eel I once encountered. <laughs> it, it, it beautifully masks the cheese smell. It does. No, I got a bottle of um. I don't know if the wife bought it me or it was part of a box set I got. But was I, it I had the it old young. school one where I'd like the little white stopper in the top. Yeah, the little. One. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm assuming that's the noise it made. Otherwise, that was pointless. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not going to go. Wafers. I do not a is it? <laughs> I would buy more if it did. <laughs> They're missing the market. It's been the best-selling aftershave. <laughs> but yeah, sl- uh, slagging off Ben, slagging off pink wafer biscuits. I'm assuming he's slagging them off because you normally mention Old Spice when you want to call someone a, a fuddy duddy, don't you? Because it's yeah, but to be fair, I thought Old Spice smells all right. I like pink wafer biscuits. So if I lived on Ramsey Street, you know, I could move in with our listener, our good friend Chris Ram, uh, Chris Mangle, couldn't I? He lives down that way, and I'd probably spend my whole time living there, sniffing Harold Bishop or Madge, Madge Bishop. No, Madge don't smell like pink wafers, mate. She smells nasty. I bet. <laughs> um, <laughs> what does Madge Bishop smell like then, sir? I don't know. Not wait for this. Piss. I think piss. <laughs> you Just think like, piss? do you know, like incontinence piss? Like mm. she should be wearing stale ten, piss. Tenor lady pads. Like, like she's a, a cough, a cough, and a bit piddles out yeah. kind of piss. With a, with this, you know, stench of terrible old spice as well. She's tried to hide <laughs> the smell. <laughs> <of her laughs> just, just splashing it from the bottle and she'll be fuming <laughs> because that little hole, not it didn't come out very quickly. So she'd have to really give it some. Which little hole you want to make? In the old spice bottle. Right, okay. 
<laughs> this just took a funny the other little all it comes out <laughs> flowing like a waterfall oh, you can imagine Harold getting ready to go for a, a day at the community centre to go play dominoes or whatever Harold Bishop used to do and he grabs the old spice bottle and it's empty and he's like oh Madge you've pissed yourself again haven't you love <laughs> I, I only just bought that last week <laughs> just oh, opens dear. the door whiffs the old spice and thinks Fuck that! I'm going to. I'm going out. I'm not yeah, coming back. I'm going to go see if Lee wants to go check out the strip club or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bob Holly apparently would smell of carburetors, bleach, and the tears of rookies. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> bleach as well, perfect for his his ridiculously blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, Morty on Twitter at MortyJR5, who you can hear on the Murder in Mind podcast on SJP World Media. Season two is being recorded at the moment, and we've had so much fun doing it. So it'll be with you very, very soon. Uh, he says here, we did this back on uh, back on the show. Um, Pigs Bladders is close, but Mill Chris was apparently smelling of pork pies and piss. So another shite for Wee Wee. <laughs> <laughs> And the the the, the Justin Timberlake uh, gif though, just the abuse Chris has took. <laughs> yeah, I like Chris. He was lovely when I met him. There we go. Uh, speaking of Chris's, we have Chris Bellis at Real Chris Bellis on Twitter, and he says here, I suppose at the moment, Morty smells of salt, particularly when alluding to poor Fitch. So he's picked which side of the fence he stands on, Magsy. Um, I've never liked that that uh, Chris Bellis. Well, no, he's siding with what you're saying. All oh, right, well, that's fair. I, do, I've, I mean, I've always liked that Chris Bellis. Are you even paying attention to what we're doing? I'm trying to find his comment. I can't do <laughs> right. two things at once, but it's, <laughs> it's not. Just here. It's here. I'm with him. See? Yeah, that that's useful to me. <laughs> uh, he says as well, lads, this feud had better be a work, brother. But, well, there you go. Fitch here himself at podcast underscore Fitch. He says, I think that at witticisms of Ben smells like baby powder and old spice, more old spice. Uh, another shit. <laughs> I don't think old spice has sold so much. We, mm. We're like a walking advertisement for old spice. We want to get, you know, we should get a sponsorship deal with them. And then we could like churn out a 15% off code, like every 10 minutes, like they do on UTT, but for old spice. I mean, yeah, because we're as good looking as that bloke on a horse who magics diamonds up in his, his house. Oh, yeah. I've seen that advert. That's, that's good, that is. I like that. So, he cracks I me mean, up, that bloke. We're easily as good looking as him. Mate, honestly. We would shift more bottles of Old Spice mm-hmm. than, than he would. When he takes his shirt off, he's covered in all these weird bumps as well. So he wants to go see a doctor. There's something wrong with him there. <laughs> I know he, he he has got some weird bumps where his uh, his fat should be. Yeah, yeah, I'm concerned about that fella. Uh, Fitch also says Chris Evans. He would smell of jammy Dodgers and Tizer. Now, which like. Chris Evans or the ginger one from Don't Forget mm. Your Toothbrush, or Chris Evans, the the Hollywood actor who was I think was he Captain America? I don't know. I'm gonna go with the ginger one because I don't know who the other guy is. Captain America. I know who Captain America is. I'm aware of Captain America. The guy, him, that's Chris Evans. But no, no, I'm aware of Captain America, right? Not Steve Rogers, not the character. Who's Steve Rogers? That's Captain America. (laughs) Is Steve Rogers the actor? No, that's Captain America's alter ego. Oh, like Clark Kent Superman? Yeah, yeah. Right. 
Okay. But the actor so is called Chris Evans. I'm sure he right. is. Well, I, I don't know who that is. So you think the ginger specky one who used to uh, do the big breakfast? I don't think he's Captain America, no. No, but you think he <laughs> smells of Jerry Dodgers and Tarza? I expect so, yeah. That was convoluted. Okay. Um, Cat Dealey. Cat <laughs> <laughs> Dealey smells of aniseed balls and plastic. Okay. <laughs> I've gone right off aniseed, mate, after all that Sambuca at my work suit. Um and because cat it reminded me of cat dealer. Well, yes, this is true. Uh Johnny Depp apparently smells of the inside of a pet shop, but not one of those well-known ones, the sort of one you get down a side street. So it's gonna smell a little bit musty, isn't it? <laughs> just just instead of his own piss, just multiple animals piss. Yes. <laughs> uh Ben responded to Fitch saying, FYI, I smell of decorum and leather, like a fine wing-backed armchair <sighs> okay <laughs> uh matt butler at trey butler on twitter he says at mr rogers smells of dupe and sweaty nightclubs okay Very that's a that's a shout isn't it it's a relatively new uh aftershave for for us oldies yeah yeah i remember when dupe came out. everyone used to wear dupe didn't they for a while and then Fahrenheit. Did you ever have it down Gloucester the the Fahrenheit craze? I thought Fahrenheit was a drink, like a shot. No, it's an after. Have you been drinking <laughs> aftershave? I, I, I fucking hope not. <laughs> it, it would explain a hell of a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I thought Fahrenheit was like you know when um in like the nineties and early two thousand you go into a club. And everyone smelt of Jupe or CK1 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And on the bar at the back, you would have displays of that drink Mets that was in the silver bottle. And yeah. then you'd have like Aftershock or whatever in the square bottles. It was all misted up. I thought there was a round one called Fahrenheit. I have never heard of the drink Fahrenheit. Um, have that, I just made that up? Yeah, I think so. That's the Mandela effect straight straight away there. I can picture it in H2O, which is a little shitty bar in Gloucester. Sharon, I remember H2O. Did we, did we drink Fahrenheit in H2O, Sharon? <laughs> I hope she says, you did. And it was actually after she <laughs> well, uh, Yeah, my, barm- my barman was the little dude in the toilet. And I had to put a pound in the box. Sharon, <laughs> Sharon, they're selling shots in the toilet. Pound the door. <laughs> I found this, this lovely one. It's called Fahrenheit. Yeah, it burns a bit on the way I've down. I've now got an headache. Makes your breast smell fantastic. My guts, my guts are hurting. <laughs> oh, Cam, at CamGriff92 on Twitter. He says that you, Magsy, smell of beef hula hoops. I, ironic, because that's one of the missus's favourite crisps. So I yeah, probably do. Uh, I would smell of air fryer sprites, apparently, which is oh. a fair sight. Um, and apparently my good lady Sharon in the chat there also smells of air fryer sprites that I make. <laughs> because they're just lingering around Reluctantly, the house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> second, secondary smell. Yes, exactly. Uh, pig's bladders apparently smells of hot sauce. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, ben would smell of laundry detergent. <laughs> That's quite a broad scope, isn't it? Laundry detergent. Because mm. you get some Which that smell nice, some that smell bad. Yeah. Yeah. We- is it going like high end, like Daz or Sir? Is that high end? Is it? I don't know. 
with Shane Ritchie well, turning up on your doorstep. Shane, like, <laughs> <what he's> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or does he get that actor? I don't know what that word. I don't. These are just random words now. I don't know what any of that yeah, is. You don't know how to work a washing machine. I That's don't. Fake. Like I say to Sharon quite often. You know, I, I'll put some washing on. I'll show me how to use the washing machine. I'll just, I'll just do it. You know. But she keeps telling me no. So I don't know whether she's worried I'm going to screw You'll it You'll break it. <laughs> I probably would. I probably would. Uh, Scottish Danny apparently would smell of Starburst. I think that's a great shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Starburst or Skittles. And, and or... blood. And blood. <laughs> Br- and Brasso from polishing his naffs. Yeah. Oh, man. You <laughs> smell of Starburst and blood. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Morty would smell a steak bakes, which would be fine with me because I love a steak bake. And uh, Dan Griffin himself would smell of shame. I mean, that's not new for Dan, to nah. be fair. Nah, he's actually got a little bottle labeled shame, and it's just like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just him. It's just the, the, the smell that undulates from Dan is, is just 100% shame. <laughs> Sam Rogers at Mr. Rogers88 on Twitter. He says that Cam Griffin would smell like a fine 10-year-old single malt with strong cheddar. So whiskey nice. and cheese. That sounds like a night out in Gloucester. Put a shot of Fahrenheit in as a chaser. Yeah. Whiskey, cheese, and Fahrenheit, and you're away. Um, <laughs> Dan also responded, actually, saying shame and stale stout is his fragrance. So should bottle that. Uh, Sam then said, shame, stout, and salty tears. <laughs> Fitch, apparently, according to Sam Rogers, smells like lofts, damp and foisty. What a great word, foisty. Mm, that is a good word. Mm, yeah. Um, and Mr. Rogers apparently smells like the moustache of Hulk Hogan, according to Fitch. <laughs> Uh, Cam actually replied to to Sam and said, uh, in reality, he smells more like baby wipes, twister lollies and B.O. (laughs) That is a combo. (laughs) Oh, dear me. Um, I mean, how do you smell that B.O. if you've got the baby wipes? Surely you can just have uh, a scruff's bath and at least smell of the baby wipes. You can cut out the B.O. (laughs) Is that what you call it in in Burnley? Is it a scruff's bath? Well, yeah, a tramp's bath. Okay, so it is a festival wash where where I am. <laughs> yeah, we've, we, it's yeah. also called that as well. Ah, fair enough. Uh, Cam also says here that Mr. Rogers smells like old school Sunny D and fruit winders. Fruit winders, Jesus Christ. Do you remember Sunny D, man? That was Sunny just like... D was the shit for about a year and then people realize it sent you absolutely hyperactively do lally people realized it was actually killing you from the inside it was yeah i mean I, I i don't think i've ever seen orange juice that orange it was no. just unbelievably orange it would almost glow on the shop shelf wouldn't it yeah you could almost see like, in the dark with it yeah almost like you know like the beginning of the Simpsons when you got that green bar that's glowing because it's like radioactive. That this the, the orange equivalent of that, wasn't it, on the shelf? Yeah. Let's have it for you to try, Scottish Danny. If you can get hold of some proper original Sunny D before they changed it because they realized it was like no just fucking killing the nation or some shit. Um <laughs> but yeah, try it, mate. You'll you'll probably like it. Uh, <laughs> I mean he loves Red Bull, so he does not much he does. different. 
I don't understand, and I'm not saying this to you know be mean or comical or anything like that, but I don't understand how Danny hasn't made himself ill with the amount of Red Bull he drinks. Yeah. He he must piss and shit yellow. Yeah, he must have some real strong tolerance to that stuff. Fair play with him. And and maybe that's why he goes out at night murdering because he's so pent up with energy and rage. <laughs> it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg, isn't it? What came first? Yeah. The fact that he wanted to go murdering or the fact that he drank the Red Bull. Did he <laughs> which drink the... made him murderous. <laughs> yeah, which way round is it? Let us know, Danny. Let us know. Um <laughs> Ben says Giles Branda Brandreff smells of Terps. I don't know who that is. You do, Giles Brandreff. Who's he that? used to he used to do um, the early morning breakfast show on, on like RTV. No. You see him every now and again now on Celebrity Gogglebox, and he okay. used to. Didn't oh he yeah. used to be on Countdown as well. He used to be on Countdown. Yeah, I know. In Dictionary Corner. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, you're right. Gogglebox. Yeah, I know when you say that. Yeah. Uh, ja at Yalmalright on Twitter says, "I ain't saying anything." about other listeners because I will be meeting a few of them <laughs> in a couple of weeks. He has played his cards yeah. very well. He's there. done well. And there, then right? he'll find out because he'll he'll go around just going mm. and then you could live tweet us. Could live yeah. tweet us. What too. everyone smells like. Yeah. That exactly that Andy smells of frozen peas and and Euro shit. <laughs> yeah. And fosters. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he says here, ja, I reckon Curly Watts smells of Febreze. Ken Barlow smells of charity shops. <laughs> they always smell damp, don't they? What, ch- charity shops? Yeah. Because people s- sending cloves in black bags like washing. But, yeah, but why can't they just, you know, make it not smell bad? I, I, I mean, people sending horrible foisty claws and and they're also like staffed by little old women who also smell bad as well yeah so (laughs) pissing themselves and drinking old spice (laughs) just not even bothering wiping it up just laying down a load of claws and just pissing all (laughs) over them and then selling them to people for 10p yeah there we go uh, that's how uh, I, I got his new shirt exactly mate exactly um steve bull will have a smell of graft and william regal will have that football program smell okay steve bull <laughs> the guy we said or i particularly said looks like a really good hugger i don't think he'd smell of graft i think he'd smell of like savlon savlon <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, and Les Battersby smells of whippets. <laughs> Is that a northern thing? Whippets, yeah. Mm. Well, it's a Yorkshire thing, really. Whippets. Yeah. Everyone smell like whippets, don't they? Not everyone, just a lot of them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sam Rogers here continues. David Dickerson <laughs> smells of Ron Seal and a, a more old voice. <laughs> <laughs> he goes he's beyond old spice he's more like high karate i think for yeah. his for his aftershave old spice is newfangled to to dickinson and the run seal is a good shout i'd say more creosote yes run seal is definitely a good shout because it does yeah. exactly what it says in the tin and it makes him he how is he not being pulled for blacking up because he is 
incredibly dark. <laughs> oh my god! But David Dickinson is a racist, is what we're saying, is it? Have you? Have you? I, I call. Um, he has a show today. Is it called Real Deals or something like that? And yes. I caught a few minutes of it, and he's honestly looks like he's doing a, a, a an impression of an actual black man. He's so dark, like ridiculously dark. They're all a bit weird. It's bad. These 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 TV antique dealers, these TV antique, they're you know the ones that like all antiques roadshow and do all these you know um, real deal show and all that. They're always they always dress bloody strange, and they're always because yeah, they bit... found the claws in the antique shop. <laughs> <laughs> what well, one of the, uh, one of the um, the the guys who, who used to do antiques roadshow actually comes from Burnley. I okay. can't remember his name. Yeah. It was before David Nicholson became like the the face of antiques. But yeah, right. I can't remember his name though. The very leathery orange face of antiques. No, he wasn't particularly. He was he's more grey haired and and had a bit of a beard and had normal looking skin, not like old Dickinson. Yeah, well, I bet you wore odd clothes then, didn't he? Because they they dress strange as well, don't they? Yeah, they wear a lot of teacher style. Jackets with that the leather patches on the elbows mm. and tweed, a lot of tweed. Yeah, and then like a bright bow tie that doesn't match anything else they're wearing. <laughs> or one of those like bow ties that have like the long bits dangling down. Oh, like the cowboys? No, no, like just a massive bow tie, but right. the 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 ribbon part dangles out. Oh like, yeah, like they've won a like they've won a prize at a dog show. Yeah, and and their face is actually the the, the part of the yeah. I get you. <laughs> That's all it. That's all, mate. That's all I got from Twitter this week. Well, you missed uh, Scottish Danny. Saying, oh, Danny, I'm sorry. Gonna guess this guy smelled like something from the deep blue sea. Why? Because he was not a man. He was a fish. I and don't think uh, sharks aren't actually fish, though, are they? Um, I don't know, mate. I don't know. And also, he was, from his promo, he was an he was an earthquake as well. He was, he was, and we've just got to that point in Nitro Nights where he tries to get rid of all his gimmicks, John Tenter, and says he's Good not point. an avalanche, he's not an avalanche, he's not a fish, he is a man. So, you can buy a Nitro Nights I'm not a fish, I'm a man t-shirt on the SJP World Media merchandise store. <laughs> 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 oh, there we go. Magsy, should we dive through the chat before we get into a little bit of wrestling, unless you've got anything to add? A lot of it is slagging you off. We'll uh, can't awesome. Um, I look forward to that then. Oh, <laughs> Dan Griffin, you'll drink anything water, sir. Yeah, including Terps, cream soda. That's one of his favourites. Which I like is them, just, too, yeah. yeah, and uh, now we know he drinks Fahrenheit. So that's why. <laughs> that's why you what, were going with the idea of 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 cream soda being a cologne because you'd run out of Fahrenheit to drink. And you mm. thought you'd just have to slap on some cream soda instead. Yeah, I wonder what that was that I'm thinking of. Sharon going in on you. You like pink wafers and Old Spice because you're old. That's the second time she's called you old in this yeah. episode. And that's just on this episode. The, the rest of the day is full of it as well. The next uh, the next edition of Sharon Slags Off Sar. Sar's only excited because he's actually seen something. <laughs> and it's an advert. <laughs> yeah. She's right. <laughs> Dan adds to that by saying uh, he was so smug when we were recording yesterday and he understood a movie reference. 
<laughs> I feel I can't even remember what that reference was, now. Sa as Sharon continues, uh Sa, you've seen the Avengers for fuck's sake. Mm. Yeah, is that the four hour one I watched? Is that the one? Was that an Avengers film? And she thinks that you should go into the Hall of Fame. Wow, she is firing at you today. What have I done to upset you, love? <laughs> well, no, don't Far answer that. <laughs> firing out was huge here, but as we all know, size about 25 years behind everything else. <laughs> so he's now only just discovering firing out. And it tastes lovely. <laughs> Cam Griffin says it's got to be uh, fairing on bio for Ben. Yeah, that's actually a really good shout. Do you know what? Uh, on that subject, my washing powder, the washing powder that we get, actually comes in sheets. doesn't come in like a powder or a liquid. It actually comes like almost like a piece of paper. That's quite an odd boast to make. No, it wasn't a boss. It was just a fact. <laughs> I'm just, okay. I wasn't showing off about my washing powder. It sounded like you were like, wow. Look at you scummers using powder. <laughs> <laughs> the reason was because the powder kept blocking in the in the powder draw thing. Right. So I got some sheets. Anyway, cool. back, back into the you astronaut. <laughs> Back into the chat. Um, uh, Morty says they call it a Glasgow wash, which sounds. Okay. And he, uh, Cam says uh, that David Dixon smells of brew. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's it. That's right. a blast from the past. Mm. In the green long neck bottle. I remember yeah. that. With the, the kind of vinegar uh, bottle uh, like stopper in the end. So you couldn't like splash it all over you. Mm. Um, Sharon says, I can confirm uh, that sharks are a fish. And she also then carries on slating your name. She went, Oh my God, sir. That was Justice oh, League. Yeah. Justice League was the four hours one. Yeah. Okay. You're right. And Justice League is not Marvel, it's DC. It all kind of blends into one meme. I'm going to get some hatred for that on Twitter. Yeah, I know you, I can't, am, you, can't, you can't say that. No, You're not allowed to say that. Is what it is, though, bud. Is what it is. <laughs> but there we go. There I bet you wish you had the shits this week as well now, after well, all the grief you know, talk. I'm starting to feel a bit jippy. But <laughs> 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 Thank you so much to everybody in the CWF on Twitter uh, and in the good. chat as well for messaging in and you know basically taking the time to slag me off and say I stink of various things and mock me for my age and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's been a blast as always. But I mm -hmm. guess, Magsy, we should probably talk a bit of wrestling considering we are a wrestling podcast i mean we could just wrap it up but then again let's not uh, let's get ready to rumble! maxi won the poll again i mean who's keeping count well, Certainly not, not you. <laughs> yeah, because that Excel file has not been updated for a no. long ass time. It's going to take like a whole evening of me sat there going back through like shows and Twitter and all sorts to update that. And it's getting to a point where we really need that updated because I'm going to link to stuff and I'm sat there going, shit, have we done that before? And I've got no point of reference now. I mean, I, I can vaguely remember what we've done uh, since I, I came back onto the show. So I used the, the Excel file uh, as a reference to what we did before. But, yeah, luckily okay. it's worked so far. 
Okay. There's a chance my selection later we've done before, but I've got a backup. So tell me if we have, but I don't think we have. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Magsy won the poll and took us way, way, way back to, I suppose, where it all really began sports entertainment wise with WrestleMania one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the power of Hulkamania and all that shenanigans. Uh, Madison Square Garden, 1985, Magsy, wasn't it? It was, right, yeah. yes. 85, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we have the main event from that show, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T taking on Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper. They both have a, I suppose, a corner guy with them as well. The babyface team has the murderous bastard of Superfly Jimmy Snooker, and the heel team has um, Honest Cowboy Bob Orton. And <laughs> but if, I've I've not seen this show in a very 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 long time. Uh, it's not one that I would seek out. And, you know, I like putting older stuff on when I go to bed because I fall asleep to it. It's, yeah. I tend to find if I put more modern wrestling on when I go to bed, it keeps me up because it's a lot brighter, a lot lighter and so on. But yeah. this isn't one that I've gone back to in a long time, Magsy. I, mean, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, um, until like last week when I watched it and then I had to re-watch it again um, this week, it it was, it's such an iconic match because of what it meant for the wrestling wrestling business oh. but yeah it's just one that is not on on my rotation at all i think before um this past uh, couple of weeks it must be 30 years since i've watched this really that much yeah why um Obviously, it's you know, the big thing with WrestleMania is the celebrity involvement. That's been mm-hmm. something that's ran for all the years, all the decades, all the way up to where we are now. And it really starts here. And we know that, you know, we everyone knows the stories. If you don't, they're easy to find out. Like McMahon having to remortgage his home to pay for this event. Mm-hmm. It was a big gamble and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the list of celebrities they had involved, I mean, it really was kind of a who's who of that time, wasn't it? When yeah. you think Mr. T in 85... Oh my God, that's a big, big name. Yeah, it's Cindy Lauper. I mean, um, I don't think she gets enough um, enough uh, recognition for for her involvement um, in making WrestleMania as big as it mm-hmm. was. Yep. And with, without without her and her connections with uh, Captain Lou Albano and stuff like uh, stuff like that, WrestleMania may not have, have been a thing. And where would the wrestling world be now in in twenty twenty three without WrestleMania one in ninety eight five being a success? Yeah, I mean it'd be interesting as well. I think to maybe at some point if we can link to it in the future. I've not done it, so don't panic. But have a look at WrestleMania two because the, the one big event is important. That's a, that's a big explosion, isn't it? And that is huge. If WrestleMania two, I mean it, it wasn't. They changed the format and, and went to three different venues, three different events, and all. really, you know, brave, daring concept in 1986, and it didn't quite work. But if it had completely bottomed out, then that would have you know changed the face of wrestling as well, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I totally, totally agree with you. It's uh, it's interesting to to go back to these points in 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 wrestling and 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 realize the effect that they've had on, on the wrestling world and on, on us as fans. Mm. Yeah. 
And, and not just the celebrities as well. I mean, you mentioned there Cindy Lauper and, and Mr. T and so on. We had a uh, Liberace as well was there. Yeah. It was a big deal around this time. Um, it just so much, you know, extra on top isn't it the, the sizzle i think gorilla monsoon refer or, or perhaps i maybe use that term the sizzle on top of the steak i suppose to mm-hmm. you know but you look down the card as well i've just got it in front of me now when you look at i'm not saying the in-ring action was particularly spectacular don't get me wrong because there was a lot of slow plodding old school wwf star matches on this card but just yeah. the names involved you listen to the names involved on this card you had tito santana there who was a big mm-hmm. big uh, King Kong Bundy, um, <laughs> Ricky Steamboat wrestled Matt Bourne, and Matt Bourne could <laughs> really go. Matt Bourne could go. Yeah. Um, Brutus Beefcake. Okay, we mock him all the time on this show, but he was a name still. Don't get me wrong. Bruno Sammartino didn't wrestle, but he was involved. The Junkyard Dog was a huge draw in mid safe. Yeah. He was on the card. Mm-hmm. Greg Valentine was there as well as the Intercontinental Champion. The Iron Sheik, Barry Window, and Mike Rotunda, Andre the Giant. Uh, obviously, Bobby Heenan was, you know, hovering around as well. And then, of course, the women's title match, Wendy Richter, Lelani Carr. Uh, uh, just so many stars there. It, it's a Hall of Fame card. Mm, yes, it really is. It really is. Mm-hmm. Something I noticed as well, Maxie, that I, it's a funny one for me because when I think of old school wrestling, I think of the dark, dingy arenas not very well lit because they try and hide the fact that they're not always full, especially with the likes of Jim Crockett promotions or uh, Georgia or mid Atlantic, wherever a lot of these venues sometimes wouldn't fill the arena and it would be quite a poorly lit. They still, you know, pull thousands of fans, but the back end wouldn't be, you know, illuminated yeah, to it's tough and, and things yeah. like that. Yeah. I never picture that when it comes to the WWF, I think of WrestleMania three, being bright and huge and massive and, and all this sort of stuff and being the opposite of what the other territories were promoting. And that's mm-hmm. why it succeeded here. They sold out Madison square garden. There's close to 20,000 people in that arena, but here it's really dark, even though it's full. Yeah. That surprised me. Um, I, f- I, I would suggest that it's just, um, it's just a snapshot of the time. Mm. Um, with this being uh, a Vince's kind of like last roll of the dice and, and putting all his eggs in one basket, perhaps um, Latin was, was low down on the pecking order of, 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 of things that he was spending his money around. I mean, the, um, the star power that, that is, uh, uh, that is on this card in, not just with the wrestlers, but with, with gen, uh, genuine mainstream stars, um, the money that he's thrown out to to try and make this a success, yeah, I can see uh, things like lighting and 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 stuff like that being very low down the totem pole. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What gets me as well is though, we get the entrances and so on, and it goes from being a dark, dingy. It's not dingy. It's Madison Square Garden. I'm, I'm using the wrong terms. I apologise, but you know, you know the sort of atmosphere I'm trying to sort of put forward. Yeah. I mean, we, we've watched Madison uh, Square Garden matches before, and you are absolutely right. They they're a world away from mm. from from this. Uh, like it's just very poorly lit. Yes, but then it gets darker, 
after everyone's made their entrances and the bell rings, it actually they, they actually do the whole lights out around the outside of the ring so people can focus. So it gets even darker. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, I know we're banging on about the lighting probably for far too long here, but it absolutely fascinated me how how this was lit in comparison to other things of the time. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse Ventura and Gorilla Monsoon are on commentary. I like Jesse Ventura as a commentator. He did a lot of WCW in the early nineties as well. I think this guy is this guy is great. Gorilla Monsoon, I've got a lot of respect for, but I've never had him in the same bracket as, say, a, a Jim Ross or or even a Vince McMahon, to be honest. Okay, I mean, I I love Gorilla Monsoon, not particular in this uh, this era. I think he worked his best with uh, Bobby Heenan. Yes, um, so. Yeah, I, I can understand where you're coming from. Uh, the um, Jesse and Gorilla don't just don't scream out uh, as one of the greatest commentary um, partnerships going. Um, and also, this was a relatively new thing. This was mm-hmm. a huge event, and I think a lot of uh, what um, Gorilla was uh, Gorilla's job on this uh, card was to tell people how big an event this was. Uh, and I think he he kind of went overboard with that a lot, uh, not, not just during this match, but during the whole card. He, he kept keeps going back to how uh, monumental an event that this is. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, maybe he just wasn't as... as... <clears throat> as fluid with his commentary as he would end up being um, uh, maybe three, four, five years down the line. Yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, you mentioned there about how big an event it was and the commentators pushing it. Ventura at one point tells us that there's 1.2 million people watching. Uh, I don't exactly know how closed circuit television works, but I'm fairly certain at this stage they wouldn't have that number. No, definitely right. not. Th- that was along the lines of there's 97,000 people watching uh, yes. in, in an arena that can fit 60,000. Yes, and 24 countries, apparently. It was being beamed around the world to, according to Jesse Ventura. Again, I'm not sure that's accurate. <laughs> Maybe uh, not. It sounds Maybe. good. It sounds good. <laughs> Wrestling is built on Billy Bullshit, as we yes. we broke at the beginning of the show. Mm, indeed, indeed. Um, something I noticed as well on the entrances. I mean, first of all, we get bagpipers for Piper's entrance, and he is he's the star for me throughout this whole match. He is just mm-hmm. the smarmy, horrible, nasty bastard heel. But Orndorff looks a million dollars. And Mr. Yeah. T, he looks small. He's not very high at all. You know, he's not very tall, sorry. But again, he's still put together. He still looks the part in the mm-hmm. ring, you know, height aside. I, all the guys involved in this match look like they should. They look like, WrestleMania main eventers to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even murderous um, Jimmy Snooker looks well built in this match. Yeah, he does. He does. The match then begins, and I suppose there's two ways of looking at this for me. They're getting paid. There are, you know, the, the arenas are already full. You know, the, the people have already bought the pay-per-view or they've already you know, gone to the wherever there is to see the closed circuit, you know, connections and so on. And the heat is there. The crowd are red hot for this. They are they are into everything they do. So they can put on a fantastic display and work really, really hard. 
or they can take what they've already got and stall a little bit and get away with maybe not doing too much. And I think the first half of this match, especially, they kind of stall quite a bit and get away with not doing too much. But the crowd lap up everything they yeah. do, don't they, Magsy? It reminds me of um, of something that, that Jerry Lawler used to do where he could get 10, 15, 20 minutes of, of a match out of out of stalling, out of doing yes. nothing. And Ric Flair was really good at it. Um, and I suppose you, they're, they're carrying uh, a guy who has very little wrestling experience as well in, in Mr. T, even though mm-hmm. he was probably the the biggest draw in the match at that time. I mean, obviously, Hogan is a massive superstar um, and Roddy Piper was a massive superstar, but they're at this time they were kind of insulated in the wrestling world. Mr. T was on another level of a, of a star. So they, these wrestlers had to carry him in a match. And if you've got to, to eke out a 15, 20 minute match, you've got to start pretty slow with, with, uh-huh. with someone like that. But to be fair to, uh, to uh, old B.A. Baracus, I think he held up, is is on pretty well during the match. There was a, a few kind of um, points where maybe he didn't kind of get the wrestling world and thought, and he, he was a little bit, it got a little bit real. Um, but all in all, I think for somebody who's not, who's not known for wrestling, I don't think he did that bad of a job. Mm. I don't think it gets shown up by those around him either. I mean, you can think if you have, say, a celebrity involvement and his tag team partner is busting out moonsaults and insecurities and, and hurricane runners and all this sort of stuff. When the celebrity tags in and just throws three or four clotheslines, by comparison, you're going to look the lesser of the two, I suppose, Maxi, because mm-hmm. you've got that direct comparison there. But here... I mean, Orndorff can go. Orndorff was just absolutely fantastic. And we know Piper is superb as well, but he was predominantly a brawler in this stage in his career. And Hogan does what Hogan does. So I don't think Mr. T, I suppose the phrase I could could use would be got left behind by, by the other guy who's doing more than he was capable of. I think everyone was kind of using a similar kind of move set, maybe. Maybe not by design, but it's just kind of the way it worked out. Yeah, kind of, kind of like baby stepping him through a match. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we do get all four guys in relatively early as well, though, and it's just absolute chaos. And yeah, I, I, as a, a an old school wrestling fan, one of the things that really kind of grinds me about matches like this is when the the opponents will have discussions with each other about who will start the match. And before you even get any action, um, any wrestling in, they've they've then tagged out and mm. and tagged in other people, and that I've always found ridiculous. Uh, but then when we finally do get to the start of 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 the match, it gets pretty tasty pretty quickly. It's quite wild, isn't it? It's quite chaotic. Yeah. There's, you know, it, and I suppose something that you can't really say much about Hogan's work is the sort of realism. When I think of cartoony eighties wrestling, my mind instantly goes to Hogan. Yeah. 
I don't look at his work and think, okay, that's 100% believable. I'm not saying it was always terrible, but you know, you could see through some of his stuff in this match. I think there's a bit more realism in what we're watching. Mm-hmm. It looks more legit. And I'm, I'm, I think a bit of that would be down to Piper. I think a lot of it is down to Piper. A lot of it is the the tension seems to be between Piper and Mr. T for me. Yes. Um, Hogan and Orndorff, whilst they were having their, um, their rivalry at the time, Piper and, and Mr. T looked like they wanted to beat the living shit out of each other. Mm. Yeah. Um, we get a tease of a count out earlier on as well, don't we? That the heels decide a proper yeah. old school trait. This is but pro- and, they were just like, do you know what? Sod this. And they were off. And then we got um, one of the earliest um, uh, editions of, of Hogan actually being a heel when he's meant to be the, the ultimate babyface because he threatens to punch referee Pat yeah. Patterson. Yeah. When when Pat's doing his job of counting these guys out, and then he obviously then goes to the ropes and and tells them to come back in the ring and and stuff like that. But this was again just old school eighties wrestling, getting as as much out of the the crowd by doing as little as possible, mm. and it and it worked because this crowd were rabid for it. Oh, they were so so hot, weren't they? So hot. <laughs> Um, we get a bit more fighting on the outside and the big thing that stands out to me here, especially when Hogan and Piper are scrapping on the outside and on, on the floor, there's no room at all. Is there? <laughs> it, it reminded me of a boxing match when you see, yeah. um, um, a big, like heavyweight boxing match clash. And then when you get to the end, the ring fills up and there's a hundred people, from from both sides that's mm. what it reminded me about there was so many people at the at, at ringside i mean you had muhammad ali who was the 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 special enforcer i mean he he wanted to beat the living piss out of ondo for multiple yeah. times um it, there's a there's a point where he actually comes in and clears the ring when everyone uh is brawling um but yeah um Papa uses a hits organ with a chair and it's one of those old fashioned padded chairs, which definitely did not hurt and certainly didn't destroy every uh, muscle in Hogan's back on that day. <laughs> yeah, but it'll tell you it did. Um, <laughs> uh, eventually the heels work over Hogan for a bit. And I kind of then had the question in my head of how would you, how would you structure this? Because a big part of tag wrestling for me, if you're going by like the old fashioned blueprint for these matches is, is the babyface team eventually getting the hot tag, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Do you kind of, you kind of want Hogan to be the guy who gets the hot tag? Cause he's your champion. He's the star. He's the, he's, he's the wrestler, isn't he? Mm-hmm. But then you've got to rely on Mr. T to take the beating and sell and take the moves properly and so on. So you can't, maybe can't do that. So that then means you need to beat up Hogan for Mr. T to get the hot tag, but then T then has to come in and be the house on fire and, and so on. And yeah. And it, I, I've, I've never thought of it before, but in this instance, it popped in my head about how tricky that could have been to structure maybe. Yeah. And, and you can, it kind of understand now why the ending feels clumsy, mm-hmm. feels kind of uh rushed. And, and we've kind of glossed over a lot of this, uh this match and, that's because it is basic 
celebrity uh, mid-80s 101 wrestling. There is yeah. very little in terms of actual wrestling holds in this match. I mean, Hogan couldn't really do wrestling holds. Um, Parper and Orndorff certainly could, but they were on the same team. And then you had Mr. T. So it was a very basic wrestling match. Um uh, there was a, a few little issues uh, between the matches. There was a, a point where I think it's uh, Mr. T claws lands owned off and, it's, and he claws as him like chest heart rather than uh, the neck heart, which is a bit clumsy. Then there's a spot where um, the, there's going to be a brawl and, and Jimmy Snooker gets on the top rope to obviously uh, do a splash or a, or a, a, a double axe handle. And then there's nobody in place for that, so he just gets down. Um, and then when you get to the end, it feels almost like they messed it up, so they had to kind of like um, go back and 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 go over it because oh, uh, Bob Orton comes in and he gets uh, he gets attacked by Snooker. He then comes out of the ring, runs all the way around to the to the post gets on the post and he's having to dictate to the people in the ring to get in position because mm -hmm. people aren't listening. Uh, so we've got Orndorff, he's got Hogan in, in, uh, in, in a hold looking for, for uh, Bob Orton to hit Hogan on the head with his cast and get the win. Um, they are both out of position. So Bob Orndorff is having to shout um, direction to them. You have Roddy Parper hanging around, waiting for his part in in this to 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 happen and then you've got mr t who's two maybe three seconds off the pace which means that papa has to look like um look like a third leg in this in this situation so when bob orton uh comes off the ropes and hogan ducks he hits uh paul Orndorff, and and um roddy has to almost act like he's 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 in slow motion because he should be breaking up the pin. Yeah. And and uh, Mr. T comes in, like I said, three seconds too late, tackles uh tackles Roddy Parper and the and the good guys get the win. Um the crowd still ate it up, but they went watch, wild, didn't they? Watching it on 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 uh the network, it just it felt clumsy. It absolutely mm. did feel clumsy. Yeah. Yeah, um, I suppose then, Magsy, out of 10, what have you got for this one and your reasons why? Okay, so if we were to judge this for what it did for the wrestling world, it's hard to not give this a 10 because the wrestling world would not be as it is now if this match flopped and this crowd flopped and this event flopped. Mm -hmm. But we we look at it as a match in its singularity. I'm, I'm not taking into uh, account uh, the event and what the event did for the wrestling world. Uh, I'm just looking at this as a match on its own. Uh, and and for that, it's, it's not brilliant. We have watched multiple matches way better than this, but we've also watched multiple matches way, way worse than this. Yes. Um, I don't think it's quite mid but it's not like ones and two so i'm gonna go with out of ten i'm gonna go with three and a half okay i'm a little bit higher okay. um i i would rather watch this again 
than the Bellas match that we looked at many moons ago. I would rather watch this again than Sting versus Meng from, was that Bash at the Beach 94, 95, something like that? Was it Bash at the Beach or was it or Beach Blast? Yeah, no, I think it was yeah. Bash at the Beach. Uh, the one on on the actual beach. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, and um, my, my, the one I always come back to it goes back to episode one, the straight jacket steel cage match between Booker T and Scott Steiner. That was a five. <laughs> that's the that's the the standard bearer. Yeah, that's that, that's the mark of a five. So I try and if I'm if I'm ever stumped, and I think I would rather watch Booker T Steiner in a steel cage more than this again. But I a hundred percent agree. I think Piper was superb. I, the crowd is just so hot and I love a, a big loud screamy crowd it's fantastic so it isn't much less it doesn't go on too long really I think I and think it's about real, 14 minutes something like that yeah and it is a real snippet of the time and from a historical standpoint it's worth people going to check it out just don't expect a you know Flair versus Wyndham classic or anything like that but it's you know I, I've got four and a half mate so it's just a smidge lower than the yeah because it is it is what it is you know these guys do what they can do the crowd eat it up and and yeah so yeah there we go i I think it just shows what wrestling fans wanted at the time Mm. and it and nowadays we we kind of favor technical prowess and and um and the character building more than they did in 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 the 80s i suppose the big thing for me is there's two things it says on the poster, mate, isn't it? Well, it says wrestling on the poster. So that's one thing. You talk about the work rate, the match quality and all that. But the two words that are always used are wrestling business. These guys would have sell a lot more tickets than yeah. oh, yeah, made a lot, a lot more money than some of the, the guys flying around that we see in modern day. So mm-hmm. two different ways of looking at it, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. Where would you like to go next week then, mate? How are you going to break the freaking rules this week? <laughs> and I am going to break the rules. Naughty, naughty. Um, amazing so this was essentially the 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 first major pay-per-view i mean i know that uh companies have done uh closed circuit tv um uh shows before but this was the the start of um the biggest wrestling company in the world taking over and and making wrestling the the phenomenon that it that it was uh, and it also had on the biggest star at the time, Mr. Mr. Hulk Hogan. Love him or loathe him, he was the face of wrestling for many, many a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to go back to Hogan's last, one of Hogan's last appearances, but his last appearance for WCW. Okay. So I propose that we watch... Hogan versus Jeff Jarrett. The Cho Cho Chosen One. At Bashing the Beach 2000. But but where the rule massaging comes in is because, as we all know, that match is incredibly short. There's not really a lot of uh, of uh, wrestling to talk about there. 
but it is very very important because of the promos afterwards yes so i want to cover the hogan and Jarrett match and then the promos and then the booker t and Jarrett match that actually closed the show for the wcw world heavyweight championship there is so much meat to get into on that there is just so mm-hmm. you know that and the, if we the, don't do it that's why this podcast is in the state that it's in because of bullshit <laughs> like that oh man it's it's so there's so much to it so much to it and if people aren't aware then i urge you to literally vote for magazine because we'll dive into it properly you've got the the, the legality the hogan playing his creative control card you've got vince russo and Derek bischoff being in charge of creative at the same time and battling back and forth. Well, bischoff was supposed to be above russo but he would leave with hogan during the day uh, so during the show he would leave with hogan russo would change what was going on on the show that night oh my goodness there's so much there it is <laughs> from a wrestling standpoint that match is nothing it, nothing happens but it's everything that goes around it oh Magsy what a shite that is what a shite see breaking the rules is all is good sometimes yeah yeah there we go ah see now I, I my link I don't want to win at all I'll, I'll watch that on my own time it's a great match but <laughs> I, want to, I want to talk Bash at the Beach I want to talk WCW but um <laughs> fun match, fact I've actually been watching a lot of 2000 w, uh, WCW pay-per-views. Really? Okay. Recently. Yeah. Yeah, there's some good stuff gone, there. Gone on a bit of a binge of them recently. Yeah. Okay. In a few years' time, there's a certain podcast you can listen to that I'll be following along with that. <laughs> but in a few years' time, we were literally about to sit down and record Bash at the Beach 96. So that's Oof. what we're up to. So that's where we're up to. But yes, my choice, the link I'm going to use will be well, there's a couple. I suppose you can use WrestleMania itself as the link, or you can use the fact that um, Mr. McMahon created WrestleMania and he is in this match. Because from that aspect of McMahon creating WrestleMania and hearing about him, you know, remortgaging and, and to get this show on the road and so on, I started thinking, well, he's wrestled at some WrestleManias. I mean, first of all, I thought about his match against Flair, but that ended up being a Raw Rumble, didn't it? So I was, I was mm-hmm. wrong with that one. Uh, so I started thinking about his matches at WrestleMania. So he had the one with Hogan and all that sort of stuff. And I thought that could be quite which fitting. Was, which was going to be one of my, one of my picks. Ah, okay. I was going to go with the WrestleMania 19 match. Yeah, that's, that's Hogan's last WrestleMania match as well, I think. It's, and it's far better than it's got any right to be. Mm-hmm. Really is. But and, I thought, and that's got good promos as well. Yeah, and Piper's involved again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, but I thought... <sighs> We just watched a Hogan match. <laughs> we don't want to. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We don't want to watch another. So we'll both put towards a Hogan match. So I thought we're going to look at a different Mister McMahon match from a different WrestleMania, and I'm just going to go with Old Faithful, one of my personal favourites. I would like to take a look at Vince McMahon versus Shawn Michaels, No Holds Barred, WrestleMania 22. Oof, that's a crap show. Because that is, that's a good match. That's a good match. It's a great match. Yeah, but. We've so much more to talk about. Oh, bash of the bit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to vote for you. <laughs> but let's see where the That's CWF take us. And let's see where the CWF take us. We can look at Hulk Hogan, Jeff Jarrett, and Booker T, Jeff Jarrett, and Russo, and Bischoff, and just all the stuff going on with Bash at the Beach 2000, WCW, the world title, and all that 
political backstage bullshit. Or we can look at Vince McMahon versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 22. No holds barred. That will be up on the poll later in the week on Twitter. Make sure you are voting, retweeting, etc., etc., etc. I think that's two great shapes, Bagsy. So much I had to get into on both sides of the coin. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Absolutely, yeah. Shall we have a quick scan through the chat before we depart? Let's do it. Um, now, a lot of uh, the the talk was not even about us, which is typical for the the CWF. They <laughs> they went on a a rant about uh, what's happening in the in the DC uh, Marvel universe. So uh, Cam and and Sharon went on a little bit of a chat. So um, Sharon, first of all, says Avengers is the one that has Thor in it. I think that was to you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I remember watching that. Now. Yeah. And then Cam says, uh, was that in the Snyder Cut, uh, Sharon, great film? Um, and he's spelt Snyder wrong. And then Sharon says, yes, Cam, I thought it was brilliant. Different spin on the original release. Morty uh, chips in and uh, revisiting the, the Fahrenheit. I used to wear Fahrenheit, but when I got with my wife, she told me, my wife, uh, wow. she she told me to stop using it because it made me smell of cucumbers. I don't remember it smelling of cucumbers. I thought it was always kind of like, like spicy, like cinnamon, nutmeggy. See, I like cinnamon and I like cucumber. So perhaps that's why I drank it. <laughs> oh, uh, Cam then jumps back in and chats with Sharon. Uh, he agrees. Uh, he just wishes there was more from the Snyderverse. And then says... What's your cologne of choice now? Tomorrow, uh, nothing wrong with with cucumber. I mean, and then Mort says, "Links Africa, classic, Brilliant. classic." <laughs> li- I mean, when Links used to bring out aftershaves, God, they were grim, weren't they? I, I mean, can't, wow, I can't really remember. You it's must body have sprays. used Links, yeah, yeah, not aftershaves, body sprays. Yeah, no, but you, you, the smell of the body spray just slapped on your face. No, yeah, I get that, yeah. I don't think I ever had a Lynx aftershave, though. I always had a body spray. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. You, you kind of ruined that for me, but never mind. Sorry, mate. Um, Cam it's says, old, old, old school. He likes it. Um, <laughs> still gets gift sets from... He still got it from gift sets from five Christmases ago. Well, Brilliant. just send it send it down to Sai. He'll just neck it and just yes. get half cut on it. <laughs> I'll have it on ice. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get back to the... Uh, the the Snyderverse uh, DC conversation. Um, Sharon says, "Lord knows what they're doing with DC. They seem to be messing everything up." Uh, Cam says, "The actors aren't really helping." Um, uh, Sharon says, "I agree with the most uh, for the most part, but getting rid of Jason Momoa he was one of the best things that uh, to happen for for DC, apart from Christian Bale." No one thing. I mean, I'm not a massive comic book movie uh, watcher. But I am pissed off with DC for for one thing. Uh, so there's a, an actor called Henry Cavill. He I know was, him. He was Superman, uh, and he was also in uh, the Netflix show The Witcher. Now he's quit uh, being in The Witcher because he was going back to being in Superman. Now he's brilliant in The Witcher, and really he knows about the whole lore of the, of the of the games and the backstory but he's quit because he really wanted to get back uh uh with superman i think it was the rock who actually uh contacted him uh and the rock who is black adam um and he wanted uh, henry cavill back to to be superman and now he's been cut 
and uh, he's not going to be the Superman, and they've already recast somebody else as uh, as Geralt in The Witcher, so that was ridiculous. Um, Cam says um, uh, he agrees with Sharon, but he was leaning to, more towards Ezra Miller uh, as he was hoping for a Flash film. Yeah, but this is that Ezra Miller I think we talked about a few months ago. He's gone absolutely mental, and he's, oh, he's yeah. like kidnaps people and and robs off him and, and things like that. So yeah, he's not uh, he's not a full chill. You know, he, he also is meant to um, have like a, a, a harem harem of of girls uh, at his uh, at his compound. So yeah, he's not the nicest of guys. In that case, yeah. Uh, Scotty Stanley says Jimmy Snooker should be given uh, the the Benoit treatment. This dude uh, legit killed a woman in cupboard. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of weird how Snooker kind of goes under the radar for for what he did when it was mm. literally the same as what Chris Benoit did. Uh, here it comes on next week's Paul Gilberg. Um, <laughs> And Sharon said, yes, she agrees, man. I didn't want to open that door about Cavill. What, uh, I mean, I haven't seen Black Adam, uh, the, the film, but it's got apparently terrible ratings. And The Rock went on uh, a mad Twitter tirade, kind of like slating people who who, who like downvoted the, the film. Uh, it was kind of like a massive vanity project for him. And it was him who got uh, Cavill involved in, they do... Um, like teasers and like extra scenes to like kind of like tell you what's going to be happening in the next films and stuff like that. And uh-huh. he got, he got Henry Cavill to come in and film a scene. Uh, and because the film flopped at the box office, the, the basically the DC universe has been thrown away. The, the someone's whoever's the writer now is, is basically starting a fresh and, and Henry Cavill is not, uh, again, is, uh, his spot. Um, a Superman, which is yeah, disgusting. Oh. <laughs> King's uh, King's Pig's Bladder has brought in uh, a late late uh, comment saying he refuses to talk about The Witcher. People shout at me when I do. Is that in a good way that you love The Witcher and, and they get pissed off because you t- all you do is talk about it, or because you hate it and people shout at you because you slate in The Witcher? Because <laughs> I love The Witcher and I dare say Sai has never watched it. No, I know what it is though. You, you know the the show, or you know that it's off a game. I know it's off a game. Shah told me the other day. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> well, watch it. It's honestly, it's really good. Two. Yeah. Uh, well, there's three seasons now with the Blood Origin uh, season, uh, and I think there's a cartoon as well, uh, like an anime. Uh, but yeah, it's really good. Should you'd enjoy it. Okay. Oh, fair enough. I'll check it out. I know Shah's. You will definitely not check it out. You will definitely not. You are lying bastard. <laughs> I probably won't. I probably won't. Oh, okay. Thank you. He said he so, likes so Yeah, I, ah. I, we will leave it there now because Sai's like drifting off. Like, I have not watched this, so I am not interested. The films I watched with Sharon, I have really enjoyed, to be fair. That four hour Schneider cut, Jobby, that was good. That was really good. Despite how long it was, I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was really good. So, yeah, there we go. Brilliant. <laughs> Magsy, do you want to over? Well, first of all, thank you to everyone who has joined us tonight, who joined us on our comeback show two weeks ago, who will hopefully be joining us again next week. We're not going to go away again for a little while, I hope. Hopefully, I will be not to be poorly or anything like that again. Uh, thank you to everyone who has joined us in the chat. 
who has messaged us on Twitter, retweeted stuff and all that awesome stuff. Um, very quickly, before we run through anything else with regards to socials and so on, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. That's important. Make sure you subscribe to SJP World Media, uh, the feeds there on all your podcast players. That's very important as well. And check out your merch, the merch store as well online with, I mean, Nitro Knights has got loads of shirts. Uh, Chain Wrestling's got loads of the shirts for every show. Check it all out. It helps fund the network, which then mm-hmm. brings you these shows that you listen to. So, you know, can't ask fairer than that, Maxi, can we? No, absolutely not. A lot of work goes in behind the scenes. Well, not by me, but <laughs> do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find you online, Magsy, so they can follow you and then you can ignore them? Yes, well, firstly, I've actually been lacking and retweeting stuff uh, this week, so... Nothing by th- me. Uh, that's a lie. I've retweeted the, the Chain <laughs> Wrestling account multiple times. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can follow me down here. I always... Why do I still get that wrong? 74 episodes in of live and still get that wrong. Uh, at Podfather Mags. Uh, you can also hear my uh, glorious uh, tones on the Magsy and Fitch uh, podcast, which... If you're watching now, we'll be out tomorrow. But if you're listening on on the audio, was already out. So go and check that out. Uh, you can also find me on TikTok, although I don't really post videos on there uh, at Mags All Pods. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. There we go. Okay. Uh, anything I'm involved in, you can find on the network that carries this show. That's at SJP World Media. And again, chuck it a follow on Facebook, Twitter, all your podcast providers, and so on. There's so many shows there. I can't list them all because it's ridiculous. There's so much great content there. And, you know, people covering modern day wrestling, people covering TV shows, so many great hosts involved in so many different shows and different formats and everything. There's, there's just something for everyone, I like to think. And there's probably going to be even more added again soon. People, you know, there's there's always stuff in the works so make sure you're following at sgp world media but most importantly follow this show itself at chain underscore wrestling on facebook twitter instagram and that TikTok thing of me not that i ever use it it just is part of the spiel and i i feel weird if i didn't say it my ocd would play up i won't be able to sleep but there we go <laughs> but on twitter and facebook definitely at pain underscore wrestling uh magsy I'm off now to watch a little bit of WrestleMania 2 to see if they turn those fucking lights up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> they, oh, spoiler, they don't. <laughs> 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 <laughs>